Our gospel message is from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, on page 1588 of your pew Bibles. Please stand if you are able. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called Son of the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Katie and Rick, I tell you, I can just shout right now. He shall reign forevermore. We're not talking about when he comes back in full glory. We're talking about right now. He will reign. He reigns in individuals, and we are ushering in his kingdom more and more. We are advancing his kingdom more and more as the body of Jesus Christ. He is reigning and will reign forevermore. Thank you for that reminder. Hallelujah. Yeah, because I I just would suggest to you that when we get bogged down in listening to the news and listening to lies and listening to mistruths, untruths, and all of the other non-truths, that we lose sight of the fact that Jesus Christ is here, and when he was born, and when he ushered in his, when he was, um, when he launched this ministry that is recorded in Luke chapter 4, he was advancing that kingdom here on earth, and we're called as followers of Jesus Christ to advance his kingdom even more. Can I get an amen? Just an amen. Oh, no, that's not in my sermon. So, have you noticed that God is a God of interruptions? Yeah, I will tell you, God interrupted me this morning. I had my um, mind all set coming in this morning and 
going through my routine, being greeted by Bobby and our sharing many things. And then my Sunday was interrupted because she said, someone has shown up. And, um, and Pastor, you need to talk to them. It's amazing how God interrupts our daily routines, isn't it? As we recall previous scriptures, we acknowledge that God interrupts, breaks through with the unexpected. Zechariah, while performing his priestly duties in the temple, was interrupted by God's angel, Luke chapter 1, verses 11 and following, informing him that he and his wife Elizabeth were going to have a son, who they were to name John, Paul, a Pharisee whose former name was Saul, was interrupted by God's son, Jesus Christ, while Saul was traveling to Damascus to persecute Christians. Acts chapter 9, verses 3 and following. Peter, who had an exclusive understanding of who God is, who is deserving of God's message of salvation, and those who are not deserving of this message, while waiting for a meal, Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 15, read it, was interrupted by God through a vision, a vision that led Peter to rethink his exclusivity and narrow view of who is worthy of God's salvation. And Peter came to the understanding that God is an inclusive God, everyone is worthy of receiving salvation. Then there are the interruptions that life presents us with. Job insecurity, change in the status of relationships between parents and children, between spouses, between friends. And then there's this interruption of illness. See, I would just ask very briefly, what interruptions have you experienced from God? What were your responses? to God's interruptions in your life. Let us pray. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you this day as we long to hear from you afresh and anew. Hide me behind the cross so that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone can be seen and heard. Interruptions reveal our levels of trust in God. They provide an opportunity for us to trust God even more. Yes, interruptions reveal our levels of trust in God. Interruptions can lead to a new level of spiritual transformation in our lives. We, we do not remain the same. We, we don't have to remain the same. I would suggest to you that those interruptions are God's way of saying, please, don't, don't, don't remain the same. Yes, God is a God of interruptions, and uh, God interrupts us as we go about our daily routines. I mean, I had a living illustration this morning. And now the gospel lesson of today reveals another interruption by God. God interrupts Mary's life. Although Mary was not yet married, she was betrothed. That means there was this legal binding marital stage lasting from the acceptance of a marital relationship until the bride moved into her husband's home. She had been promised to Joseph. And according to ancient customs, the marriage would have been arranged by her father. 
She would live at home for a year after the betrothal. Then the groom would come to take her to his home, and the wedding celebration would last for an entire week. Can you imagine the bill? Let me not digress. <laughs> Legally, the marriage was sealed after the engagement. So if Joseph had died before the wedding day, Mary would have been considered a widow. Now, betrothals usually took place when girls were the ages of 12 or 13. There are some who would say that Mary was 14 at the time that she was betrothed to Joseph. When you look at the text and when you read the text, you will notice that Mary's reaction to God's interruption is totally different from that of Zacharias. When Zechariah was uh, informed by the angel in the temple that he would um, become a father, his response was that of unbelief. But Mary's response, although one of being confused or troubled at the words spoken by the angel, she was also surprised by the fact that God would bestow that kind of grace on her life. If you were to look at verse 38, you would see that Mary's response to the unexpected, to the interruption, God's plans for her life was very simple. She said yes. She said yes. I want to talk to you for a moment about why this is so important that she said yes agreeing with God's interruption. And this is one of the reasons why I so appreciate the song that was sung before the message. Because, because Mary was willing for God to interrupt her life, she gave birth to Jesus Christ, yes, the king whose kingdom would come into the world and would never end before the angel says anything about the miraculous conception, he informs Mary about a new king to be born. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. There will be no end to his kingdom. One commentator stated that the scandal of Jesus' birth is not so much its biological aspects, but it's political significance. Jesus preached about the coming kingdom, which became a threat to those in authority and power. Jesus was not crucified, the commentator states, because his birth disrupted biological studies, but because some people thought he was a threat to their political and religious power. The offensive element of Jesus' birth is not the virgin conception, but that the king of the Jews will be born to such a poor family in an insignificant city at the outskirts of Israel. Wow. The most, the more significant aspect of this birth was that we are told repeatedly, that this child will be called Son of the Most High and Son of God. God's interruption in Mary's life led to transformative love. What? What about you? What about me? What about us as a congregation, Evangel Heights? 
Are we willing to allow God to interrupt our lives? An interruption that can lead to transformative love. On this final Sunday of Advent, as we anticipate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, individually, let me ask this question, individually, are we willing to let Jesus Christ, our Savior, interrupt us to be fearlessly obedient to his plans for us, to go to those who do not know him, to go wherever he leads us, to go and be who he is calling us to be, his light bearers that have been transformed by his love. Are we willing to make a difference for the sake of the kingdom that Jesus Christ has ushered in? Are you willing? Am I willing? I was told the other day by one of our parishioners, I won't call her by name, that she found herself in a, in a uh, grocery store and, and she saw this particular individual. It was a security guard. And you know how you walk into stores and there's a security guard. They like blend into the woodwork many times, right? You don't really see them because you're too busy carrying out your own agenda, whatever it might be. And she took it upon herself to speak. And, and <clears throat> because English was not his first language, he loved and he acknowledged her. And then, and then she shared with me that when she returned to the store on another occasion, he saw her and he smiled at her. Are we willing to make a difference for the sake of the kingdom that Jesus Christ has ushered in, this kingdom of love? Because I would suggest to you that when we are willing to make that difference, we do experience that transformative love. I have to ask us, as a congregation on this fourth Sunday of Advent, after acknowledging that we have been asking our Lord to interrupt us to be fearlessly obedient to his plans, to challenge us to act on those opportunities, are we willing to allow God to interrupt us with God's plans? for this community of faith, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, as we move forward into the future. I think, I believe, I will proclaim today, based on my observations, based on what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, I believe our answer is yes. Yes, Lord, interrupt us with your plans. Yes, Lord, yes, we are available to you, to be used by you as a congregation. For when we say yes to your interruptions, Lord, we understand that we will experience your transformative love as light bearers of yours. Yes. If you were to assess your experience over life, your experiences over life, and if you were to look at the times that God literally 
interrupted your life. As you look back, I would suggest, and, and, and if I'm wrong, tell me after the morning worship service because I want to hear your story. I would suggest to you that every interruption was an opportunity, one, to experience transformative love, and secondly, it was an opportunity to see and witness God at a new level that caused our faith to grow. Yes, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're waiting in anticipation of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's a both and Sunday. It's also Christmas Eve when we will come together at 7 p.m. to celebrate, to praise, and to worship the awesome living God who through Mary's interrupted life blessed the world with this new king. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O oh Lord, for this day, and we thank you for the ways in which you interrupt us, the ways in which you get our attention. Sometimes they don't appear to be pleasant or happy, and yet as we review them, we see that you've used these interruptions to help us to experience your transformative love. We thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.